The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, everyone. I'm Emmeline Mondo, and this is Mondo Moments. Welcome back to The Practice and the Play with the fabulous Miss Sean Goff. If you haven't listened to part one, I recommend that you do, particularly if you're a slashy. And by slashy, I mean actor slash model slash dancer slash receptionist slash nanny slash insert all the things here it's a great episode that looks at the ways in which we're many things and how to embrace them now in this episode we talk about race relations we talk about well Sean shares how she discovered that she wasn't doing enough during the black lives matter movement in the summer of 2020 which is when we met And she shares some tender personal stories about being raised vegetarian and how being othered at a young age affected her outlook on life. What I'm going to do is give you a little flashback of how we ended the last week and then we'll jump straight into it. I think many people who have two careers or wear various hats would argue that yeah it gets difficult yes there are different areas of that that are challenging but they would probably always pick that over a a nine to five Monday Friday like this is my life three holidays a year type thing Um, and not to say that there's anything wrong with that if that suits you but a lot of us do have so many aspects of us that we that we want to meet and discover Absolutely. I think um, it's complicated because I have a lot of issues around seeking approval and clearly because I'm an actor, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but, and not letting people down. Right. So I always feel that, you know, I I feel so grateful for my job um, and I've learned so much from it. And I, I do sometimes feel like I need to hide the fact that I, have a desire to to be acting on the stage and I have a desire to write plays and films and you know scripts and comedy and stuff because it's almost like I'm saying this isn't enough whereas you know the job I do have I'm incredibly lucky to have it and it's a fantastic job you know yeah 
Um, so, so that's part of it too, is that you, you don't want to do what you are doing a disservice and um, it's important to be grateful for what you have. And, and so I try and see it all as, as ways in which I can learn lessons really, because, you know, we don't know how long we're here and um, it's about staying with the process, I think, and not really focusing too much on on what the reward of that might look like in the long term but um yeah because it's never what you think it's going to be anyway it's <laughs> not to be that's not a negative it's just that you know the the interior of your life is always different from the exterior and it's not your not your business to even know what the exterior is so it's mm, yeah. it's a funny old thing really um, yeah yeah on yeah. that interior exterior actually and this is this is a part that I was really keen to unpack with you. Um, so you are, people who haven't met Sean, she's um, blonde, she's white lady, blonde haired. Um, and in the sort of like labels of, of the modern world, like cisgendered white women privileged. And these are labels that, you know, are real and have been put on her, but also I think labels that caused you to go on yet another discovery um and when I said in the beginning in the intro that Sean and I met at a protest it was actually um a stand that we had organized for Belly Majinga who is a rail who was um, a woman who worked for the National Rail and um somebody spat in her face and she died of Covid shortly after um so Sean had come in support of this and it was the height of the Black Lives Matter movement in in the summer. So naturally, we were talking about race um, and inclusion. And, you know, obviously, Sean was there, so she cares enough. But I'd love you to talk a little bit about your journey into understanding your privileges and also your decision to stand. And I, and I also feel that a lot of your practice informed how you stand in this, which I think is a, a re- very beautiful beautiful way to tie in the power of of the practice but I'd love you to talk a little bit about your journey there okay um well (laughs) (laughs) like where should I begin yeah where should I begin um oh how I could be more specific so like yeah in in 2020 in June of 2020 after the George Floyd murder were you at a place with your knowledge of of race relations where you had a rude awakening of like needing to do more or had you been in the work of like understanding understanding inequalities you know in in the industries that you'd been in yes um well I think the answer is to be really um to be really honest it was it was an awakening in the sense of it was a strong call to action for me. Mm, mm. As I I really realized I wasn't doing enough. That's right. that's where it sat with me. With I was I I sort of and it, it was a big call for me to reach for resources mm. and to shut the hell up and really listen to the people around me and 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 kind of be loud you know I don't I don't really see myself as an activist um Mm, mm. I think there are people out there who are activists and can claim that name and they are 
doing intensive labor to to be an activist and they have a cause you know the tricky thing right now is there's many many causes right there's many Mm. many many and and I see myself as being somebody who wants to understand and support the intersectionality of all those causes in the end they they sort of do come together Mm. but ultimately I think activism is is a full-time job really yeah yeah and I I think you know to say I'm an activist isn't isn't the right I don't think that it's right to claim that Mm. um but it it woke me up to the to what I could be doing as a lay person right like yeah yeah it woke me up to what I could be doing in the yoga space yeah. It woke me up to how I could be supporting, um, you know, marginalised people, people of colour, um, mm. in all aspects of my life, essentially. And yeah. and that I wasn't doing enough to date, you know. That's that's yeah. kind of what happened for me. Yeah. Um, Did it make you look back on moments, you know, having been, like, I think both theatre, film, yoga spaces... <laughs> are industries that I think I guess it's because it's our world but you know we really got to to zoom in and look at the ways in which they're they're often like really imbalanced Mm -hmm. um did it make you think about immediately about how you had witnessed it to be so unequal or were you kind of yeah what did what did it make you think about the industries that you were in it made me it really made me understand how there had definitely been like how the way in which we package humans in the entertainment industry, yeah. you know, performers are very much packaged, you know, we're cast yeah. because of the way we look and who we are. Yeah. And I'd always found that pretty toxic from my own end. Yeah. But I, and I, and I have, you know, friends of mine who have experienced that and who are people of colour who have experienced that as actors and mm. um and, and and you know like like what's being said out in the world at the moment it's it's not a monolith like people have individual experiences within these industries that are individual to them and so it's really important that you you're there to listen, to really understand and, and unpack what's 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 happening. But I think for me, what was outside of my understanding was, I think you know, I- immaturity and and ignorance, definitely on my part as an early twenty something. You know, you're very focused on your own mm. trauma, your own experiences. And you're not necessarily doing the work to really widen that lens and understand how that plays out when you have, you know, the intersection of of privilege, for example. You know, if you if you're somewhere else on that scale, um, and I think that was a big wake up call, and and meant that I felt extremely motivated to support, to stand up, to be a voice essentially um but you know I'm it's something that I take really seriously and it's something that I 
I really don't want to claim to be better than I am. I'm, I'm just, I really, I'm somebody who's learning and doing the best that I can at this time with the knowledge that I have. And I, I do look back at some of, you know, some experiences where I've, for want of a better word, you know, messed up. I haven't done the right thing. And, and those, those are difficult, painful things to, to acknowledge. And I think that's part of the work, you know, and I think um, we talked recently, didn't we, about how I see it as part of my spiritual practice. And yeah, I think for anyone out there who doesn't know what that means, or, or doesn't have a spiritual practice, it's, it's about self inquiry, you know, and about you know, the yoga practice is really about seeing things as they are. And unfortunately, most of us are very self-conscious, but we're not very self-aware. Mm. And so, Ooh, yeah, yeah, because it's a really <laughs> that was, big, that was a good, that was a good line. <laughs> self-conscious, but not self-aware. That's, the, yeah. that's it. And people think they're self-aware because they're very self-conscious mm. because they're highly critical. But yeah. the problem is, is that you're coming from a lens that is still steeped in your own perspective when you're self-conscious. Yeah. yeah. When you're yeah. self-aware, you're coming from a wider perspective. And it's yeah. really been very recently that I've been able to make that distinction. And right. so I have a lot of compassion for people for where they are on that journey. But yeah. I also think that, you know, racism is a, is a huge problem that is causing much harm and trauma to people mm. and mm. we've got to do everything we can to dismantle you know these ideas and we need to dismantle white supremacy so it's it's about balancing the the sort of compassion that's felt with yeah. come on guys we need to do we need to do something yeah. about this it's yeah. not we can't just kind of wallow in uh, in the excuses and the compassion so it's it's trying to 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 find a balance between those two things and that's yeah you know that's that is where it is we talked about me growing up as a vegetarian yeah when we first met and um yeah I want to say very clearly I'm not trying to conflate the oppression of animals with the oppression of people definitely not and (laughs) I really I bring up this analogy it's not an analogy I bring up my own lived experience of this Mm. more to do with the psychology of feeling othered in a society that's kind of the way in which I I'm looking at it and I think yeah does that make sense (laughs) yeah totally well I, I mean there are a few points just on that um, I feel that just to add in being brought up vegetarian in the, in the time when it was not trendy or like current or, you know, just to make that clear to people, because obviously there might be a lot of vegetarian and vegan listeners, but, you know, back in the 90s, it really wasn't. So in school environments and even restaurants, actually, it was it was just seen as difficult mm-hmm. and annoying and weird. Um, and that was happening in your early childhood, right? Yeah, so it's funny because I've spoken to my parents about this recently and, you know, it's hard to 
give people honest it's hard to own your experience when it's uncomfortable for other people you know I think my parents didn't really have any grasp of what that was going to be like to grow up vegetarian at a time when no one else was really and how that immediately sort of marks you out and um yeah, like you said, it's more, and this is where some of the seeking approval pr- problems come from, because, you know, when you're met with hostility just for a choice that you've made as a very young child, it's very difficult to to know how to navigate the world because it feels hostile. Um, and I think that, for me, it was... It, it was quite traumatic actually but again it's one of those mm. things you only realize very much later on yeah um, I guess where I'm coming from with this is that I can understand the psychology behind feeling like the world is is hostile just for you just really just being who you are and how that mm-hmm. makes you shrink you know how that makes you yeah very aware of your safety in the world you know and your and like you said it was just it I remember this school trip I went on where we went to this sort of outdoor activity center in Wales and uh, the chef had been told that I was a vegetarian so he was sort of cooking everything fresh for me every night just a special meal you know um and, and he made me special he could have just kept it fresh and that would you'd have been satisfied but yeah yeah I know and he he made this like stuffed pepper and you know I'd never really mm. had a stuffed pepper before and he'd obviously put a lot yeah. of e- effort into it and I I just walked up and I I think I went and I just asked for chips and beans because I just wanted to be normal you know I just wanted to be like everyone yeah. else and uh, yeah, yeah. he came and I went and sat down with my dinner and he literally walked out and screamed at me in front of everybody. Oh just saying God. like, you know, you ungrateful, like, you know, this, that and the other. I've made, I've made oh. that especially for you. And, you know, it's this kind of like horrible kind of guilt and just weirdness, you know. Oh yeah, that is so traumatic. It was quite traumatic, that. but that's that's no, that just one it. incident. Like there were so many, I can't even count how many. And you just realise that, yeah, I realised I was kind of dealing with microaggressions all the time. And actually, you mm. know, the thing is, is the problem with being vegetarian is there's a kind of there's like a righteousness attached to it, right? And purely by being vegetarian without saying a word you're triggering people because they feel guilty and so when you're triggering people's guilt they make you the object of that issue oh yes that is so true and their discomfort as well and so in their discomfort they find a way to make you also feel uncomfortable just for you making a decision and I've never ever pushed that on anyone I've never pushed my agenda on anyone I've been very very light footed with this whole thing because it's who I am and I I, and I can't change it actually like I mean my brother decided to eat meat when he was 10 but for me it was always quite deep yeah I was gonna say yeah yeah I mean I have tried to go vegan and I and I really respect anyone who's vegan I think you know it's much easier now um but for me I I actually grew up not being able to eat things you know so it 
when I started mm. to go vegan and just like there was, I felt like there was nothing I could eat. It started to trigger like toxic eating behaviors that I used to go through. Oh. So I was like, yeah. it's really yeah. important for me to not put that pressure on myself. And it sounds like an excuse, yeah. but I, I think everyone needs to find what works for them when it comes to food. Cause there are so many different, mm. um, complicated things at play and you know you have to look after yourself first I really really believe that um so I'm not pushing any kind of vegetarian agenda here but um (laughs) oh I can't remember where I got I think that whole well yeah I mean the whole overview I'm gonna kind of take it back just because I feel like from when you began talking about what you are seeing about the importance of speaking up about inequality and and also admitting the the areas in which you had got it wrong I find even you know the act of speaking up about that and just saying it really important one of the reasons I asked you the question and and framed it in the way that I did you know like describing these labels is because I when I look at society I quite often think wow it's it's easier for some people to actually just not engage. And particularly if you're in a position where the way that you look or the way that you're positioned is a place of where you're benefiting from the current systems. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I like that you sort of gave this this background in, in the way of like just having from a very young age experienced, not to be compared at all, but experienced these moments, you know, psychologically that, um, that you can refer to, but also I feel that, I mean, I really like it when people express, particularly white people, when they talk about why it is that they are aware of things and how it is that they became to care about it, because this thing of dismantling dismantling systems and also understanding white supremacy delusion in the body I think is so personal Mm -hmm. it's such a personal decision like I never think that we can like I want to highlight the injustice but I think if someone is racist they're dealing with their own like psychological stuff and I don't know that anyone can really um you can't you know you can't angrily make someone not racist anymore Mm -hmm. but they can have a personal experience in which they realize what it is to feel othered or what it is to feel shame or hate and then something that they live through might then inform the decisions they make do you know what I mean so all of this stuff adds up and all of this stuff plays into the whys and the hows and you know like even you vocalizing you know you you haven't always got it right or it you wouldn't label yourself as an activist but you're trying all of it is a process and you know I think the the voicing of it is also part of the learning and unlearning so yeah it's a journey oh my goodness (laughs) yeah it really is and I think you know it's so thank you for holding this space and I think it's it's I guess my intention for coming on today was that I want to be effective as an ally and I think by by being effective or or giving it a shot at least um you know it's about trying to encourage other people to be able to do that too and I think it's really important that yeah again it's treading that very 
careful line, like you said, people who are racist probably do have a lot of, you know, mental health problems or things that they need to work through. Their own stuff, yeah. And so I'm a big advocate for, for therapy, and that's why I think, you know, spiritual practice, therapy... And, and I say spiritual practice in the sense that if you were go, to go into any 12-step program, you know, there's a, mm. there's a spiritual aspect to that in that, you know, you're giving yourself over to a higher power um, or at least you're giving up some, you know, giving over some of your um, some of your challenges to a higher power. And I think this is the problem is that, you know, society as a whole is is sick in lots of ways and um it's it's very difficult to you've got to kind of attack all of this stuff together it's kind of you know it's important that we're looking at all of these things together because they all add up to the same thing and this is what you know this is what it's all about at the end of the day is we need to start humanizing each other and ourselves so that we're not packaging people into these boxes we're not we you know we're not harming people on a daily basis by our views Mm. our judgments and you know what black people are facing in america as an example Mm. because it's very obvious to see right with the police Mm -hmm. situation is it does you know and with covid you can see how certain communities are being more affected and so these are very clear um very clear sort of statistics of racism and how it's genuinely killing people you know and that's yeah that's what we need to remember you know when you when you're worried about showing up or you think oh I might get it wrong you have to go actually am I going to get killed for getting it wrong oh my god no Yes, that's I'm it. not, yeah. but someone might get murdered or, you know, someone might be in grave danger, literally life and death because yeah. of the colour of their skin. And that is, for me, that's that's where it sits in the end is that, yeah. you know, what is the cost? And the cost to you, if you're privileged and white, it's not the same. Oh, that was very beautifully put. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you we're we're at we're literally just approaching the hour and i think that was a like a very gorgeous place to to end oh i did want to ask you what um is there oh my god i was that i was about to say what can we expect next (laughs) and then and then my brain went it's a pandemic don't ask anyone that question but let me let me phrase it like this um given all the growth of the past sort of year and a half and, you know, the wonderful realisations that you've had of integrating both sides, um, are you looking forward to, you know, opportunities this year to step into to more, more, of, more of who you are in a fuller way? And what, and what might that look like? Do you know yet? Oh, what a lovely question. Um, I... I mean, yeah, you've nailed it, really. That's that's it. I feel like it's about stepping forward, about stepping up and yeah. stepping into, you know, who I really am in the fullness of that and that being an integration of, of my creativity and my 
work as a yoga teacher and how that might and and the you know the anti-racism work and potentially in my future you know activism but I feel that you know what you were saying a moment ago about about people being able to connect with and feel how it might feel to be somebody else, you know, to live it, walk a day in somebody else's shoes. You know, for me, that's the power of storytelling. And that's, that's why I love films and TV and books and, and all of that, you know, um, that's, that's where I really would love to find my voice in sharing the stories of people who, need their stories to be told but you know even that's complicated because I am a white woman and I am cisgendered um so you know it's about how do I allow my that to come through me in a way that's not taking that voice from somebody else you know so really kind of who knows what the future holds well yeah I mean like (laughs) just being part of being part of the projects that that are amplifying those voices but also in a kind of like in a kind of like um, I want to say not twisted fate but in a way of like understanding human emotion and connection like you do also have the privilege I guess of taking on the roles of the people you becoming a mirror for the people who might not yet have woken mm-hmm. up and like you know the honesty in in like your portrayals could could make people see like what how bad it can look and how good it can Absolutely. look you know what I mean um and that's um I mean that excites me the work that you're doing and who you are and on and really why I wanted you on is because it is this um people who are looking at every area of their life and leaning into be it spiritual practices and storytelling and you know challenging themselves are we are part of this I guess this this future in which like we we do kind of want the same thing like I know that like we have common goals Mm -hmm. and and they're all quite simple and it's it's about peeling back all of those experiences hurtful stories and and fear that makes you think that it's like a complicated journey to like love acceptance and compassion and um and you're really pouring that into like everything that you are or trying I mean all we can do is try right but um do you know just the thought of going into a yoga studio and knowing that you'll be a teacher makes me happy and then the thought of receiving a script and being or getting a call sheet and being like oh I'm working with amazing (laughs) these are my dreams like oh I feel so so much the same way I feel so So, yeah be dreamy to work with you in any capacity um but that's it and I think realizing that you can just be you and that is enough and you don't have to be a brand and you don't have to package yourself in a shiny way and that's for me that's my spiritual practice that's my freedom from oppression right is that we don't have to be these capitalist packages you know and I think ultimately it makes people unhappy when they play that Mm. game so I'm gonna do my best to um yeah to not play that game (laughs) and just be who I am and and hope that that's enough and I know it is enough that's it I know it's enough it really is it really is and some you know it's just 
I'm so grateful for you and grateful for your voice. Mm, I'm so um, grateful for you and this <laughs> wonderful podcast. You've given oh, so much you. nourishment to so many people through this. Oh, bless you. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. And we shall be back soon for another glorious conversation. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.